What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond, and you are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every day. It's free on all platforms, coming at you every single weekday, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Your only daily Trailblazers podcast, so make it a part of your your daily routine to make it your first listen every day. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. It's trade season. Uh, December 15th is sort of the unofficial start of trade season in the NBA, and it's really not even that. But as of December 15th, uh, most of the most players in the league that sign contracts in the offseason are eligible to be traded. So because more folks in the league, something like about 70% of the league, is eligible to be traded as of December 15th, the conversations get more real. Uh, it's not that teams haven't had conversations beforehand. It's that they get more real now because more players are available and teams have a better context of what they are. But December 15th isn't really the start of trade season. The only trades that happen in the December 15th are the hostage hostage situation trades like James Harden or something uh, where you've just where someone has just held a team hostage for months and months and months until they're eligible to be traded and then they go make it happen. Uh, if things had gone a little bit differently, this would have been a meaningful trade for Russell Westbrook in the Los a meaningful date for Russell Westbrook and the Los Angeles Lakers, but um they're, they're that's that's for another show. Listen to Lockdown Blazers. Listen to Lockdown Lakers for that one. But December 15th is more accurately the start of trade rumor season. It is when reporters and um, podcasters, folks like me, start either looking for trades, thinking about trades in earnest, or talking to people around the league and saying like, hey, what are you hearing? What are you going to do? Because again, teams kind of have a better sense of what they are now, you know, 30 games into the season. And there's more, you can you can actually make these moves because there's more players available on the roster. I wanted, what I want to do in today's show is, because it's December 15th as I'm recording this, you're listening to Friday, December 16th show, but as we get into this, I want to talk about what sort of what the Blazers have and what they might do now that it is trade season. Uh, you know, the title of the video and the, all that stuff, and, and the title of the episode, rather. You might not be watching on YouTube, but if you are, thanks. Uh, you know, it all suggests that this is trade season, but more accurately, this is the beginning of trade rumor season, and I don't expect the Blazers to do anything until closer to the deadline. They're not, um, you know, first of all, they're pretty good. Like, they don't desperately need to make a trade. They're fine. They've got some some weaknesses, and they could stand to get a little bit bigger and add some more shooting. Um, it'd be great if that was the same player, but it's going to be hard to do all that. Um, they, you know, they, they need some upgrades, but they, they're not desperate to do things. They can kind of wait it out and see health-wise and standings-wise where they are when you get when the calendar flips to 2023. And the trade deadline isn't until February 9th. There is no urgency for the Blazers to do things. Although I do expect them to make a move because Joe Cronin has been pretty pretty clear that a move was coming. The roster was not done. The roster needed he you know he said himself at media day that he'd like to get bigger. He likes you know the versatility of the team and all those things. But it's like he, he expects more moves to come at some point. I expect the Blazers will absolutely make a trade ahead of the February 9th trade deadline. But what I want to do in this show is kind of set you up for how that's going to look and how that's going to work because what the tools they have to do so and then who whom they might trade. Um, as a caveat, as we sort of get into this, I'm not a big trade machine guy. Like I'm not going to be doing fake trades in the podcast. It, just, it, it doesn't move me very much, but I am like a trade logic guy. So I want to logic through how the transactions work as opposed to like, you know, play fake GM on, on, a, on a tool created by ESPN.com. Um, I think a really important part of trade rumor season and this time of year is to remember, 
And, and I think this is important for all fans, particularly you Blazer fans, but everyone on, on, on all the sides of the transaction is that the other team wants something too. You can't trade bad for good in either direction. If you are trading bad for good, it's because a team has a specific goal. So you have to remember what the other team wants. That is that it is so important. What would the other team want from the trade? I think that's that's that is when you are concocting or thinking about deals or why well, who says no. Think about who might say no and why they wouldn't say no. Let's take two examples here. Um, James Edwards of The Athletic has reported that Nerlens Noel, uh, b- big man for the Detroit Pistons, is who's not in the rotation right now, is is you know going to be traded, and the Blazers have been one of uh, several teams, four or five teams, that have inquired about his services. This is a this seems like a gettable, reasonable trade target because. Nerlens Noel is cheap. He's not an expensive contract. He's not going to be highly coveted because he's like a backup center. Low, you know, like he's he's not going to be a he's not an above average center in the, at, no, above average player's position. He's like he's a solid, intriguing backup. Um, you know, he had some he had a couple of really nice seasons in New York. One really nice season in New York. Um, he could probably help some teams as a backup center. Uh, he, chaotic, awesome defender, does not, cannot catch. Maybe the worst hands in the league. If he had great hands, he'd be a totally different basketball player. But Nerlens Noel is like a gettable target because of the context of like, the Detroit Pistons aren't good. They're one, have one, they have the worst record in the league. They're, you know, their franchise player, Cade Cunningham, is headed for season-ending surgery. They're going to be bad this year, and they are building for the future. So they might be willing to get up off of a veteran like Noel for very little in return or no nothing, no players. No, like, they don't need to be good today. They need to be good down the line. So future picks or what it might be. And a, and a not super coveted player in Nerlens Noel, it's going to drive up the marketplace. Nerlens Noel, a reasonable target. Then take someone like Jared Vanderbilt, who Damian Lillard has openly, openly pined at, for, to, to play alongside Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, played for the Timberwolves last year and was really good, and they obviously miss him. He's been really good for the Jazz this year after he went over there in the Rudy Gobert trade. Like, Jared Vanderbilt can play. Uh, can't shoot, but he can. Um, he's, a, he's a really good defensive player, energy guy, screen setter, re- rebounder, all of those things. Um, He's like a he's like a weird small five who can who can guard a bunch of different guard a bunch of different spots. It's a, it's a fun, he's a fun and talented player. He would absolutely help the team. You know why Damian Lord would want him. He's also cheap. He's cheap. He's he's under, making less than five million dollars this year. But he's the reverse of Nerlens Noel, or not the reverse, but he's he's like sort of maybe another portion of the spectrum that is distinctly different from say the Noel thing. For Jared Vanderbilt, he's cheap. So there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be able to acquire him. He's highly coveted because he's really good. He's just a good basketball player. And he plays on a team that's competitive. The Utah Jazz don't, even though we all assume the Utah Jazz will be tearing it down, they seem to be just going to go ahead and become a playoff team this year. Gun for a playoff spot. They're competitive. When Mike Conley plays, they're just a straight-up good basketball team. Um, it, as long as, you know, it, they have so many vets on the roster that they're like four or five moves away from being truly bad. So it sounds like, or it appears, that they're just going to go for it this year. That means if they were to trade Vanderbilt, they would want at least some parts that help them go for it this year. So it's a little bit more challenging. So cheap, frothy market, highly coveted frothy market. And the ask is going to be different than just like, hey, a couple second round picks and make the salary work. It's going to be, who do you have that helps? Now, all of a sudden, the price for Jared Vanderbilt 
is going up and and the jazz will be able to be it'll be it'll be a seller's market for the jazz should they want to move someone like vanderbilt um and particularly they know if we know they know that portland covets him and, and has I'm, i am sure has called denny Ainge at least once to be like what's the price for vanderbilt just curious in case it comes that way that's the difference in like when you're thinking about context, the context of team and mark and what the market will be and overall, you know, just overall appeal really matters. It's not just, not every team is going to want the same thing. Uh, like just like to throw something out there, like the, the Pistons wouldn't want a Josh Hart. The Jazz might want a Josh Hart. Neither Josh Hart doesn't fit in either of those trades, but like a veteran that can help you win and be competitive right now, appealing to a team going for it, not appealing to a team headed for the lottery. The context matters, right? Like the context absolutely matters. You know what else matters? What the Blazers can even do and their financial situation that they have to make these deals. They have to work within the parameters of what they've created for themselves. What they've created for themselves is they're pushing up less than $70,000 from the tax line, like right up there. And they they cannot exceed the hard cap line because they did this to themselves by paying a bunch of money to Gary Payton the second. Those limitations matter, and I want to talk about those limitations in the second segment because it will inform how they approach this trade season over the next two months. But before we do that, I want to remind you that if you're going out this holiday season or just this this December, this month, be safe out there. You might be hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, and then you're like, nah. I live nearby. I can make it home. It's no big deal. What's the worst that'll happen? I get pulled over. And even so, what's the worst that could happen if I get pulled over? My insurance goes up. I lose my license. Could be worse. You could lose your job. You could total your car. You could kill somebody. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop people from getting behind the wheel while they're under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead and get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. Uh, prize picks is a daily fantasy format where you pick between two and six players and you're picking the uh, whether they go above or below the projection line set by prize picks. And you can win up to 25 times your money if you get all six picks right. But you don't have to get all six picks to, to make it happen. You can, you can make your wagers for three out of six, four out of six, five out of six, and a win from there. You set the odds. Uh, I play prize picks on the app, uh, but it also you can play it on prizepicks.com. You can play whatever sport you want. The NBA, NFL, NHL, uh, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer. When we when the World Cup gets rolling and when the European uh, European footy seasons get rolling again, um, it's a bunch of fun. And you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. You can make your entries quickly in under a minute, and then when you win your money, you can get safe and fast withdrawals. So, uh, currently operational in 30 states, including Oregon. It's also available in Canada. So why don't you download the Price Picks app right now, or go to PricePicks.com and sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a hundred percent instant deposit match of up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks gives you $100. You deposit $50, Prize Picks is going to give you $50. Don't forget to enter that promo code at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. That's Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. Oh. 
rights. Let's talk what the Blazers have to trade. I, I think um, sort of media literacy and stuff, like the rumors are going to come are going to come fast and, and furious. And it's like, does this make sense? Why are the Blazers linked to this player? Who? Why is this? You know, why is this trade rumor coming out? We will as the as the sort of harder rumors come out, more a little more you know in depth reporting. I think the New Orleans Noel stuff from James Edwards has legs. That's a real thing. Um, I don't know if they'll, it'll get done, but like it's it it makes rational sense. We'll kind of walk through the rational sense, but part of that rationale, like. Part of like figuring out media literacy, why this would stuff would be out there and like things that I try to make this podcast valuable for, like the, the logic. That's what I'm bringing to you. The bringing bring the logic. Um, I, I want to talk about sort of like what are the, the parameters for, for, for the Blazers in making these trades? And many of the parameters are self-created. I also want to shout out Sean Hyken over at Rose Garden Reports, uh, Sean Hyken's subscription newsletter. Uh, Sean wrote a really good in-depth uh, trade season primer uh, that includes a bunch of unique reporting that you're not going to find other places. So go sign up. Uh, he released that today on December 15th as I'm recording this. We both had the same plan for mine, me for an episode, him for a, him for a, uh, him for a story, but he, he has a bunch of unique reporting. I'm not going to repeat a bunch of that here. I just want to point you in that direction. Um, this, you know, if you're a big blazer fan, Sean is doing good reporting and will make you a smarter fan for it. Um, so yeah, Rose Garden reports, uh, just search. you'll find it in Google, no prop or however you search the internet. The blazers have some limitations heading into trade season regardless. One, they are right, 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 right up against the luxury tax line. They are uh, less than about $67,000 away from the luxury tax line, $70,000. When they when they cut and stretched Dido Luzada's contract, that got them 70K under the luxury tax line. That luxury tax line is the line in which you have to pay uh, a tax on the dollar for every for every dollar you are over the line. And more importantly, it starts the clock on the repeater tax. So you have to be out of it. Um, you know, you can only be in the tax every three out of four years. Or if you're in three out of four years, rather, you're, you have to pay the repeater tax. The tax gets um, steeper. The Blazers have a bunch of money p- promised to Anthony Simons. They have a bunch of money promised to, uh, to Damian Lillard. They're probably going to give Jeremy Grant, 25 plus million dollars as well. There's a chance that they're paying Josh Hart this summer. Um, like, you know, Yusuf Nurkic on the books for 17, 18 million dollars a year. Like they're going to be a tax team moving forward. If they're going to be competitive during Damian Lillard's, you know, remainder of this contract, they're going to have to pay the tax. That's real. So not being a, not starting the tax clock this season has real value. Everything that they've done points to them avoiding the tax. Um, I guess there's a scenario in which they're just like a really good player falls in their lap and they're like, yeah, let's do it, whatever. But I don't see that happening. I think that is very, 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 very unlikely. I'm I'm putting that at less than 5%. They are going to try to stay below the tax, which means they're going to match salaries like to the dollar. They can't take on 100K more because then they're over the tax line. Like they're, and they're not going to go a little bit into the tax for like a moderate upgrade, right? Like they're not going to like trade Josh Hart for a taller Josh Hart and become a tax team. If they go into the tax, I imagine they'll go deep into it because they'll get like Kevin Durant. They're not going to do that. They're not going to trade for Kevin Durant, but that's like the type of, of move in my eyes it would take just because everything they've done over the last two years has been to get out the last two seasons, season and a half since Cronin has taken over intentionally get out of the tax threshold so they can set themselves up to be, you know, because they're going to have to be a tax team in the future. I'm never rooting for billionaires to save money. I don't give a hoot about it. But like, 
is the reality of it. And plenty of teams that are kind of like the Blazers where they're like not quite championship level, but they're good enough to be in the playoffs, avoid the tax. Like it happens across the league. It's not unique to Portland by any means. And I don't mean to paint it as such. It's very, it's just, it's a a real thing that happens for teams that aren't like truly have a slice of championship equity. They're avoiding the tax. In addition to avoiding the tax, the Blazers at no point this season can go over 156.9 million, 156.983. If you really want to get into it, 156 point million, 156.9 million dollars. They cannot go over that number at any point for any amount of time because they are hard capped. What that means is because they gave uh, these, because of the way that they paid and chose to pay Gary Payton. Um, don't get too in the weeds, but the, the contract that they gave him triggered the hard cap, which means that they cannot at any point add more than they're about 150 million dollars in salary right now it's, it's a little less than six million bucks they cannot go over that i can't add salary so even if they were to make a blockbuster trade they'd have to only take on you know 5.8 million bucks in aggregate more um, which would make them a tax team and would and would but they need to stay below the line or the trades are not legal and you can't do one trade that gets you over and then pop back out you literally cannot cross the line a hard cap they're, they're, they are, because of, they, that's just like the way they, they wanted to get Gary Payton. They paid to get Gary Payton. He hasn't played yet for them. Um, if he plays and is really impactful, then it, then I don't think it'll matter. I don't think they're going to swing a big aggressive move to like add a whole bunch of cash because of the tax stuff. So I don't think the hard cap thing will come into play, but it does limit some of their flexibility. It limits their flexibility. In addition, the Blazers don't really have first-round picks to trade right now uh, because of the Larry Nance trade. Uh, Larry Nance, balling really good in New Orleans, was not good here. Sometimes it just happens like that. Uh, didn't f- just he wasn't bad in Portland. He just wasn't very good. Um, it's it, it's a bummer. And then he got traded, and he's been impactful on a very good team in, in New Orleans. He's a good basketball player, and the Blazers to acquire that good basketball player g- gave up a protected first-round pick. It's actually owed to Chicago because it's a three-team deal involving Lowry Markkinen and Derek Jones Jr. But Importantly, the Blazers owe a protected first-round pick to the Chicago Bulls that is lottery-protected through 2028. So that means if the Blazers make the playoffs this year, they'll give the Bulls their pick, they'll be done, and they don't have to, they won't have any picks owed in the future. Um, if they miss the playoffs and they're back in the lottery, they'll they'll still owe the Bulls a future pick. However, be, be, the Blazers so the Blazers can't trade future picks because they're all tied up, right? They could conceivably structure a trade where it's like, we'll give you the next pick that we owe, blah, 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 blah. But teams aren't going to say, yeah, maybe we'll take a 2029 first. Like it's just, you're not going to be able to, to really promise out a next available first round pick trade. If you're really trying to sweeten the pot and you can't trade multiple in that case, right? The way that they could trade multiple picks and swing like a really meaningful trade. And that's the Blazers best assets are these picks would be to waive the protections on the on the Chicago pick. Um, I think many of you have asked about this in the past on, on in few previous mailbag episodes. But yeah, this is the scenario in which the Blazers say, okay, instead of lottery protected Chicago, that's just your pick. You can have it regardless of where it is. So if the, we you know if we do miss the playoffs and we do end up with the Victor Wembanyama pick, whoops, um, like it's yours or whatever. Um, the Blazers are pretty good. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Like uh, at least they're going to be. I mean, the West is so so tough. So like the difference in like fifth and eighth is just like a couple bad couple bad nights um but i think they're good enough if dame is healthy to make the playoffs like i I just think they will they've looked they've looked good and when they've had dame they've looked really good so um you like just really good on offense obviously have some other weaknesses but i think they're gonna make it so i don't think it's a huge risk to trade the pick but it or to limit those protections on the pick but it absolutely 
absolutely is a risk that they'll have to calculate. That's why they're going to wait until February because they're going to have a better sense of where they are, where other teams are, who's pulled the plug, what's going on with the T-Wolves and the Lakers, teams below them in the standings, you know, are, are, is, are Utah and, and Sacramento still in the mix and all of those things, right? Like that's why the Blazers aren't going to make a trade in December or probably until the end of January because they're going to, they got to see kind of what the what the scene is like. But the Blazers, if they were to get rid of those protections, they could trade multiple picks into the future. They can't trade, so they would owe a uh, 2023 pick. So they could, and you can't trade picks in back-to-back seasons. So they could trade some odd-year picks, 25 and 27. That's getting in the weeds a little bit. But like, if they were to waive the protections and the pick owed to the Bulls, they could trade multiple first-round picks, and that is probably their best path to getting a good player because that's. Um, if they were to trade a big, like make a big splash trade, it's multiple future first round picks. And, you know, uh, we can argue whether that's responsible or what, what the best way for the, a team like the Blazers to, to build a roster is. For my money, I don't think you trade a bunch of future first, but also like you have Damian Lillard, he's 32 years old. If you want to be as good as possible in the next five years, yes, you, you probably punt those picks and you, you go now and don't worry about then, but there's some debate to be had about you know, what, what you're actually accomplishing, that will be a conversation for another day. But that those picks could be on, could be on the table. Blazers do have a surplus of second round picks. Uh, they got from the New Orleans Pelicans trade. They got two extra seconds from that CJ McCollum, Josh Hart swap. So they, they could, for minor trades, such as that New Orleans Noel deal that I uh, have mentioned now three times, a couple future second round surplus of second round sweeteners to say like, Hey, how about, make make the salaries work with justice winslow and we'll give you a, a couple seconds and we'll call it good okay everyone's cool yep call it in that's the trade uh also the blazers have a six and a half million dollar traded player exception from the robert covington deal which means they could absorb a player making under six and a half million dollars into a trade without sending anything back but because of the blazers um luxury tax situation because of the Blazers hard cap situation. I have a hard time seeing how they use that trade of player exception. They certainly could. Uh, Joe Cronin is creative and smart and all of these things. He's um, certainly a lot better at this than I am. Uh, but like because of their salary situation, I don't think the trade of player exception will come up. In general, the smaller mid-level TPEs don't don't happen, don't get used as often as the large ones like the Blazers used to acquire Jeremy Grant. But certainly that Covington trade, that Covington TP could be used and they could, you know, um, they could just, you know, use it to absorb someone. It could also be if they, if they get a trade partner, they could consummate trades as it's very tricky on in the NBA. It's kind of outrageous, but one, what will look like a single transaction on someone else's end could be processed as multiple transactions on the Blazers end, which would make it legal, blah, 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 blah. If we get there, we'll talk about it. But like, yes, they could use the TPE, although I think it's relatively unlikely. So that's what they've got. They've got, they're up against the luxury tax line. They're up against the hard cap line. They would have to waive protections on a first round pick. This upcoming season in order to get rid of it although best case scenario is the Blazers get rid of it anyway so like we'll, we'll kind of we'll see you know if they get into deep January and they're like the fourth best team in the West then yeah well I think waving that pick becomes waving the protections in the pick becomes much more palatable that's why they're going to wait um, and and they've got you know future seconds to make it happen so the last part of this equation is who could they trade who on the roster is tradable who is coveted who is likely to be moved let's talk about that in the third segment but first I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by bet 
online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Whatever that sports action is, you're going to find it over on Bet Online. Uh, listen, you want to bet on the NBA? They got NBA. You want to bet on the NHL? They got NBA. They got NHL bets. You want to bet on the World Cup final? Sunday morning here in Portland, you're going to find action on that. You want to bet on MLB futures bets as we head into the MLB offseason? Go for it. You're going to get it there. Whatever it is, you're going to find it on Bet Online. Plus, news, analysis, even podcasts to make you a smarter, better, and give you a, a better chance to win some money. So don't wait. Go take advantage today. That's Bet Online where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Let's talk about who the Blazers could trade. We talked about the what and their limitations, the sort of trade primer stuff in that in that second segment. But who, like who on the roster might get traded? The first round picks are going to matter if they choose to do that. That is going to be the way that they swing a trade. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. But like, uh, actually, listener Adam M asked uh, a couple a while ago, like, what would a block? What would going all in on a trade look like? Like, what would what if the Blazers went all in? What would it look like? And all in would be like, you know, trading for a Kevin Durant type. Again, I'm like, they're not going to trade for Kevin Durant. I don't think Kevin Durant's going to get traded. But like, yeah, if they trade trade for Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis, neither of those dudes are going to get traded. But like once upon a time, several several months ago, those were like realistic trade type of options. To make max salary money work, the Blazers almost certainly have to trade Amphrey Simons. He's making $25 million a year. He, he like, you got to include him to begin with, Right. And to entice a team to give up a blockbuster type, you know, blue chipper Hall of Famer type of thing, you probably have to include Shaden Sharp in the deal. And then you'd have to make some money work with, you know, Nazir Little or Justice Winslow or whatever it is on the back end uh, to make to make it work. And you're going to have to absorb some some salary coming in that direction. So you're going to balance some things in there. But it's almost certainly going to have to include Amphrey Simons and Shaden Sharp. And I just don't see that happening. Um, I, I guess there's a world where it happens, but... Shaden Sharp is the Blazers' best path to having a star. He's already on the roster. Amphrey Simons is one of the best offensive players in the league. He's already on the roster. They've paid him to be part of this team. Um, they, they clearly value him a bunch. Unless like unless Kevin Durant is, calls up and says, yo, I want to play with Damian Lillard for the next three seasons while I'm under contract or four, you know, three and a half seasons while I'm under contract, get me there. The blockbuster stuff, the all-in stuff's not going to happen. So you're talking about minor trades, which means we're back at a, we're back at a familiar name. The name that I pitched at the beginning of the season, most likely to be traded, stays there, right? Like Josh Hart remains the Blazers' most likely trade chip. His about $13 million salary is allows you to, you know, he makes enough money to make him tradable. He's a good basketball player that can help teams. Uh, Josh Hart being good doesn't make him less likely to be traded. I will say that Josh Hart is such a good tone setter and such a good culture guy in Portland that I think there is... Um, it have to be the right deal. Like I don't think you just flip him to flip him. But also Hart is entering. He has a player option this summer. Like he's going to enter free agency and he's going to get a raise if he's not part of the Blazers' plans into the you know several years into the future, which he certainly could be. But if he's not, it might be just prudent to go ahead and trade him at the trade deadline. I don't even know if I'm in favor of trading Josh Hart. Like I guess I am in terms of like holistic make the team better but like i like josh hart like i like him i like watching him play um i enjoy him like i enjoy his game but like just realistically when i'm again what i'm trying to do here is get get the logic out hart seems to be the most tradable piece and the blazers best path is like josh hart plus the picks that's their best path um you know the, nazir little is he's cheap signed a multi-year deal he's cheap into the future but i think his health stuff makes him really not 
he just he just hasn't been healthy long enough to be to be coveted by teams out there. Like I thought this season was going to be where Nas proved he's an NBA starter, and what happened was he fractured a bone in his hip. Like it's just it's just it's he doesn't. I don't think he has like deep trade value. Justice Winslow was like an eighth ninth guy. He's a, he's a really fun player, lefty, really strong, great passer, very limited on offense otherwise, but like gets after it on defense, plays hard, can rebound. Um, is like a six five center. Uh, he's, he's like a, he's an intriguing player that I like, but I don't think he's, he's not netting you much back. Um, guys like Keon Johnson, trying to Watford, Jabari Parker, like specifically Keon is like a good player, but he doesn't make enough money to be included by himself in a trade to net you something back that is significant. Um, so, you know, maybe that's where the TPE comes in. If you can make the, the, make the money work and then with another team, but like, um, it's, you would have to make those separate transactions. We'll get into that at some other point. But like Keon is intriguing, but I don't think he's this like high upside piece that is going to net you like a really good player back in return. He's more like, yeah, we were gonna we're gonna want Keon in the deal with Josh Hart because we value Keon Johnson. And if we can't sign Josh Hart, we at least want this good young guard that can help us into the future. But he's not like a he's not a massive needle mover by any means. Like he's he's um both salary and sort of you know, just overall talent wise, although he has real upside. Like I like Keon. Um, I've, I've come around. I was kind of a Keon doubter last year. I'm now a Keon believer. Um, you know, he, he, he'll move, he'll, he, he could help sweeten a deal, but he's not a needle mover. And he's, he's certainly not like the centerpiece of a trade by any means. Then you get to use of Nurkic. Uh, you can throw Eubanks in that Trenton Watford, Jabari Walker, uh, Keon Johnson deal, not making enough money and not quite good enough to, to be, you know, just they're minimum guys. They're parts of a trade. Um, not necessarily any any type of uh, uh, centerpiece in trades. Um, although, like you know, Watford and Jabari is are, are young, and and Eubanks has proven to be competent. Then that gets to Nurk. He's the guy everyone wants to trade. Like fans are like, gotta trade Nurk, gotta trade Nurk. You got to think about what Nurk's owed. After this season, still three years and $54 million left on his contract, you're going to have to find a special team willing to take on that type of money. It's not even that Nurk's bad. It's just that paying a, like a league average, slightly above league average center, $17 million a year, and he's not a super versatile defender. He's just like, I don't think he has a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of leagues pining, a lot of teams around the league pining to get what Yusuf Nurkic is at his price point, at his skill set. Like, I just, he's just, I don't think... Um, you know, you're not trading use of Nurkic for Miles Turner. Why on earth would the Pacers want to do that? If if you do that, you're attaching a bunch of picks. Are the Pacers going to take on that money? Even for the picks, wouldn't they just do the the Lakers deal with Russell Westbrook that gets them out from under the money immediately? Um, it's, I don't, I can't, I do not see a world where Nurk gets traded this, this year. Uh, I just, I just don't think it's realistic. Into the future, sure, if there's like a larger trade that comes up and the Blazers are taking on up some bad money from someone else, like they're taking on an Evan Fournier-type contract where it's like, whew, we probably shouldn't have given Evan Fournier all of that money. Yeah, if the Blazers take on some bad money in the other direction, um, which is like a worse player on a worse contract, sure. But like, do you trade Nurk for a worse player on a worse contract for like a for an, uh, sort of whole shape-shifting upgrade? I don't know. So I just don't, I don't see Nurk as getting traded. Um I will say this. I said it at the top of the show. I'll say it again now as we get to get to the close here. I think the trade's going to happen. I'm not a big trade machine guy. Like, I'm not going to go into trade machine and go around all the league and say, like, how do you do this? How do you do this? How do that? Like, how's it going to work? And then present you with fake trades. It's not really my, not my cup of tea. It's not what I get excited about. The, my favorite part about basketball is basketball. Um, so, like, you know, pitch me your fake trades, lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com. But, uh, like, I think a trade is going to happen, 
because I think Joe Cronin has pretty much telegraphed that a trade is going to happen, and he's been really creative. Um, he was the uh, quote-unquote mastermind behind the 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 guy who f made it work for the Blazers to get Hassan Whiteside in the year that they traded, you know, Mo Harkless and Myers Leonard for Hassan Whiteside. He just like found found a, a deal that worked, got the Blazers. Um, believe it or not, a pretty serious upgrade at center for the price. Uh, you know, he's he's creative. He's he's like a he's a CBA expert and has been for a long time. I I expect him to make a trade that keeps the Blazers accomplishes their financial goals of staying out of the tax. Um, obviously, by doing that, doesn't even approach the hard hard cap line and probably marginally changes the shape of the roster. I would I you know like a you know little. I imagine he'll hit a double, not a home run. You hit a double and you head into the summer with with this roster and, and like and your future draft picks, you can be in a good spot. Um, but say for 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 like the big name that's out there is OG Ananobi. Um, one Damian Lillard's representatives, Nate Jones on Twitter, was tweeting about it literally last night about like I'm I'm keeping an eye on the Raptors. They're going to tear it down. Um, I'm keeping an eye on Damian Lillard's agents uh, making public comments about um, a approaching the the Raptors yet again um, I don't know you know Nate's not specifically talking about uh, the Portland he's he's actually linked OG to the to the jazz in the past um, like he's just he's just talking about the trade in general but the Blazers are linked to OG and OB in the past they tried to trade Josh Hart in the seventh pick and they got rebuffed back then right around the draft so if you think about something like that like that's like a that's well above Nerlens Noel that's probably significantly for my money well above Jared Vanderbilt but it's not quite that Kevin Durant Anthony Davis type like OG Anobi upside is like you know all defense first team all defense type of player one of the best 3 and D wings who's under 25 like he's really good on a on a good contract and all of that the 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 Raptors would have to be tearing it down for them to trade OG uh we'll see if they do that um they've my man Fred Van Vliet can't make shots anymore so that's pushing that's pushing the Raptors maybe in in a, in a certain direction but if the Blazers are to swing something like that, it's probably going to take a third team. It's probably going to take the Blazers waving their draft pick, uh, waving the protections in the draft pick, trading future picks, and finding a third team to help facilitate. We're going to move some parts that they want. They're going to move some parts that you want, and and shift shapes and 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 make it happen. Like I I think the Blazers can get there. I just think like the the math to land these higher these bigger fish, right? Um, probably involves them finding a third team and that's that's probably beyond my uh, comprehension to smash the buttons on trade machine to get there i think portland's gonna make a deal i do not know what it is i'm not gonna make any predictions but i i would bet the blazers absolutely i'll put their 98 percent make a trade ahead of the february 9th trade deadline and now after listening to this episode for 35 minutes you kind of know what they've got to trade the parts they have to trade if you have questions about it or thoughts or whatever it might be locked on blazers at gmail.com or just like throw them in the YouTube comments, whatever you want to do. Uh, but the best way to get in touch with me is via the email. Uh, Blazers play some games this weekend. Friday night in Dallas, Saturday night in Houston. Damian Lord could become the Blazers' all-time leading scorer in Saturday against the uh, against the Rockets. Although most likely it happens Monday against Oklahoma City. But guess what? We'll have a show for you. Monday show, usually put it out on Sundays. We'll have a show on, we'll have Tuesday show, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's five days a week available wherever you get, wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. So tell your friends to listen and make it your first listen every single weekday. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.